Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Sonny Patel. He is the founder and CEO over at InsureMe, uh, which is an AI-based engagement platform for insurance carriers. And you've also started the company just three years ago uh, at the age of 21, which is super, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? you know, cool, I guess is the right word. Uh, but you were working as a director, a sales director for and financial advisor at the top life insurance uh, company where you realized that there's a process buying and selling insurance was unnecessarily cumbersome uh, and outdated. Uh, on here, I also have that you were determined to change this and you went to work to develop a solution that would simplify and take the guesswork out of insurance buying process. That solution would eventually become InsureMe. And now InsureMe is being used by a number of by a number of top tier global insurance carriers to easily generate new business online, streamline customer claims and deliver excellent customer service through conversational AI. So big, big intro there. Why don't you just tell <laughs> us a little bit more, uh, Sonny, about really, you know, what that kind of looks like in a little bit more detail, right? You were working as a sales director, you realized that processes, you know, from, from I think, you know, finding clients and, and getting them all the way on board and stuff like that was just a pain. Uh, yeah. What made you really, you know, like, what was it that made you want to change that? Uh, well, so it did just didn't make any sense to me. You know, I mean, I was uh, at that time, 19, I worked, yeah, 19 to 21 years old um, in that industry. I mean, I still work in the industry, but um, in terms of like the agency uh, side of things. And uh, it, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. It was all done offline through paper, uh, like actual forms you had to print out and fill yeah. out. Um, nothing was like digital. Um, you had to meet with people to get very simple things done, you know, which could have been in my mind automated. Mm -hmm. um, and the customers that I would speak with um, generally in the market uh, were all looking for just a better way to do it on their uh, laptops or their phones. And right. we didn't have that solution. So I uh, kind of looked around the market and saw that it was an industry wide problem. Um, and saw that like the insurance industry in the U.S. and you know even around the world is still reliant on people because the people run business. So not right. just on the operation side, but also like customer acquisition side, um, they're reliant on agents and brokers to you know generate new business. And uh, digital wasn't really being leveraged uh, to the point where it should have been. You know, right. um, so the co company was just not tapping into that potential. Why hadn't it been done before? Do well, I think it's just, it's just somebody, it's one of those things where like, you, it's just, somebody's got to do it. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of, everything <laughs> is not done until it's done. Right. So right. Um, I think it's uh, one, I you know, it's a very, like okay, part of the question is, you know, it's the insurance industry. Obviously there's a lot of government, you know, kind of hands going in there. A lot of people, you know, with obviously like higher power, like go in there and like, you know, touching things and stuff like that. Is it something that maybe didn't become a thing because there were a lot of restrictions from a, a you know, a government entity or something like that? Or was it just the fact that really nobody else had, I'm sure other people noticed the problem there. Maybe nobody came in with the mindset, okay, I want to change this. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, like, it, so my specific, like, group of people in the world, right, millennials are the ones that grew up with the worldwide internet. Uh, mobile devices, iPhone, and all that stuff, right? While we were in high school and college. So that all of those devices really took off. And so I don't think it's because nobody like 
saw it coming. It was just that it, it wasn't as important to them, right? So the way we interact today is a little bit different than how people that are in those positions at those companies right. used to interact when they were younger people, right? Um, so I think it was just a fundamental shift in how people communicate and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, because we do everything on like the phone now, right? Right. Um, or text messages or whatever. But um, that's why it was on my priority list to kind of reimagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just a generational thing. Right. That has kind of it, it was shift. bound to happen at some point in time. Right, exactly. I mean, just like a lot of, you know, everything is changing now to digital. So, um, and insurance is a very, uh, I don't know how to put this, like a very uh, older type of industry, yeah, like run by, by right. more uh, mature people. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just, it was like the perfect storm, you know? Uh, I get it, I get it. Now, where does, you know, Sonny, the entrepreneur that wants to disrupt an industry come from, right? Like what is the background essentially that kind of like let you like when you were little like younger yeah did you always want to own your own business did you you know have ideas were you outside like you know like side hustling and stuff like that while you were at your full-time job kind of thing or was this just you know it's here and I'm like I have to do it now and it was also your first time being an entrepreneur or where did that came from really uh no just because I was in it you know I mean uh I I was working at in in that uh, specific uh, agency and, and got thrown into this industry. Mm. Um, I wasn't actively like, I didn't wake up in the morning and be like, oh, let's go reimagine insurance, right? I mean, right. Uh, I don't think anybody does that, but I was just kind of like in the right place at the right time. And I was, but I've always been a problem solver. So my mind is always looking at like inefficiencies and, and how can we make things better? So I just saw that, okay, this is a very big problem here and it can be made better. Right. Um, so I just thought it was a worthwhile opportunity to pursue. And what is your background? Like, did you go to college? Mm-hmm. Did you? At ASU. What you uh, say? Business, entre- business entrepreneurship. Gotcha. So we probably had some of the same professors, I'm sure. <laughs> probably. Oh. You know, I had like, I had, yeah. I mean, uh, I had like Eli Trivuni, all great professors. Oh, my God. Sydney, yeah, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually I, I saw Eli the other day. We we were both winners of the ACA uh, or AIC challenge, innovation challenge thing. So Eli's company is Surf. But when yeah. I started Insure Me, he was my professor. That's awesome. So he was actually helping me, like you know, in the very very early days, like think about the the yeah. pitch deck and whatever the you know the base level things are. Um, but yeah, no, the school supported me quite a bit. You know, yeah. even the not just Eli, but uh, a whole variety of other professors and. Um, mentors from ASU. That's great. That's really good to hear. Now, as far as growing the business, right? Like you started, you had the new, the new idea, you put it out. How did you actually start marketing it? How did you begin you getting the new users? So a lot of the times when I talk to people on here, you know, there it, there's two different things happening. Either they're inside of the industry that they're trying to change something in. So they've already had the connections or like, for example, you, if you're going after insurance agents and you were surrounded by those people, you have those direct contacts. Hey, try my new product and stuff like that can happen. Whereas if you have a product that isn't necessarily, you know, involved with anything that you're currently doing, it's a little bit harder to get those first customers. If it's not, you know, like your mom and like, you know, you just people that are directly around you. So like, what was the hardest thing about that and how did you do it? Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, I, 
uh, it's, you know, for what I do, it's very relationship-based. So we, um, I partnered with Coplex here in, in Phoenix to build out our MVP. Um, and then we got, after that, we got accepted into the Global Insurance Accelerator in Des Moines, Iowa. So at that accelerator, I was able to build a lot of relationships with different executives at like a whole variety of companies. Um, I met with like over a hundred people in the industry, um, executive level people, and really just built out the my network, professional network, um, that eventually came into play where we when we now go and like, you know, sell the software into these big insurance companies. So it's uh yeah, it's just a lot of relationship building because B2B, you know, business to business is all done on trust and uh, relationships for the most part, even beyond your underlying technology and or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of prioritize that above all else. What are the biggest challenges that you've come across while building InsureMe? Uh, I mean, a lot. So I would say uh, the biggest challenge would be, it's just a very, like, this is a hard thing to do, you know, trying to reimagine a big, big, one of the largest industries in uh, in the world, right? I mean, we're fundamentally changing it on how these companies engage with their consumer base. Um, so you're dealing with like a lot of, you're dealing with like legacy systems, which is like very outdated actual mm -hmm. like, you know, technologies that you have to work with, your system needs to work with. So that's like one big barrier and challenge. Legacy mindsets, a lot of people, I mean, I mean, not a lot anymore, but there's still a good amount of people that still think that, you know, people want to meet with people and right. technology is going to disrupt. Um, so it's like, uh, it's like legacy yeah, mindset, legacy people, um, and just, it's a legacy industry. So very mature industry. And I'm a younger person, you know, at age now 25. Yes. So just trying to connect with these people that are much older than I am, mm -hmm. um, and working with them. I mean, it's taught me a lot, you know, and it's, yeah. it's been in retrospect, it's been very helpful or, you know, worth it, but. Uh, that was a, a challenge trying to get people to kind of take this seriously in the in the earliest of days. Totally. Do you think that still to this date, right? You said you're 25 now. Is it still difficult for people to almost, you know, like trust that you're doing a good job with the company because of your age? That you know he's just a kid, you know, kind of thing that's trying to disrupt a company that, or disrupt a, a business that essentially has been run by, like you said, very mature people for a very long period of time. Is there any sort of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, discrimination at an age level there? Uh, no, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm not in the, in their minds at the end of the day, but, uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, we have proven, you know, success and all of that. So uh, it's their problem, really, if they can't take us seriously or me seriously. But we now have a team of, of people, you know, that are a lot of them are older than me as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just me anymore, right? Before in the early days, it was like, you have to believe in, in the kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's we're a technology vendor, and they can either get with it or, or not. But we have, again, like, it's not a, I haven't come across like a negative uh, circumstance yet where the age has like uh, mm -hmm. stopped us from doing what well, we need to do. That makes complete sense. And, and, and I feel like a lot of people like, like you can kind of like look at it both ways, right? Like either you think this person is too young to be, you know, running this company successfully or something like that, or 
you see a lot of really young entrepreneurs, right? Mark Zuckerberg, like all these people that are huge and they're still relatively very, very young compared to other ones. So I think there's two, two ways to look at things in that regard. But as yeah. far as building up a team, super hard, very, very difficult. What was the thing that helps you the most there? Was it mentors? Was it, you know, uh, anybody that you talked to, maybe Eli, uh, you know, just how did you realize, okay, I need somebody else to come help me with a specific task and how hard has delegating things been for you? Yeah. So in the, uh, in the earliest of days, um, I partnered with uh, Coplex, which is an accelerator out here in Phoenix. Um, and they kind of provide your, uh, back office support, you know, technology support and all that. Um, so you can kind of focus on your idea and getting market traction and all of that. So, uh, all of those people at Coplex are senior level, you know, designers, engineers, and product managers. Um, and so I, I just partnered with professionals who kind of knew what they're doing um, in terms of building like a tech startup or, or a, some sort of technology. Mm -hmm. um, while I focused more on like building up the hype, if you will, you know, and, and getting customers and all of that. Um, so I never, you know, I didn't, because I was, again, like very young at the time, nobody, I didn't have friends that knew how to kind of do this in this specific right. industry. So I just went out, networked, you know, met with people and uh, a lot of people that have, again, been there, done that kind of, you know, so they're already executives at big companies or have built big companies that have exited successfully. Um, and I took their advice and recommendations. So um, just kind of trusted, you know, people that had, uh, you know, just a reason to be trusted. Mm -hmm. What are some of your biggest uh, accomplishments so far? Uh, like in terms of the company the com or? Yeah, the company. Oh, the company, okay, yeah. Uh, the, so we raised, um, we've now raised $1.1 uh, $1 million in venture funding. Uh, One million came from uh, a bunch of different investors earlier this year in September. Um, so that was like a big milestone to validate what we're doing and it's a, it's a venture ready type of company. Mm -hmm. um, that can scale into the hundreds of millions and I don't know, hopefully billions, but yeah. we just have to see what happens. Uh, but that's like a big milestone when you get a lot of um, capital partners and just people in general supporting the vision. Mm -hmm. um, it just builds a lot of momentum. So that, as well as, you know, we have customers that are in the Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 actually nice. that use our solution. Um, that's another big one. Um, and then just... Beyond that, it's the uh, ability, you know, I have accomplishment wise, I feel like I can create value for other people, you know, not just for customers, but also our team members. And you get to like uplift people um, through their, you know, careers and roles that they have at Insure Me. So that's kind of like the fulfilling part of it. That's awesome. How big is the team now? So we're a total of us is like eight of us working on it. Um, mm -hmm. all the time but that's a mix of part-time and full-time people okay. um, but we're growing we're hiring uh, constantly now so hiring just engineers um, some product managers and then people that are specific in AI and chatbots more specifically so um, the team is going to be double if not triple in the next year is everybody in-house as in they're all here in Phoenix or are people in, in remote I only have one remote, but everyone else is in the Phoenix area. So I'm trying to grow the company here, you know, and I'm, I'm really not trying to hire people that are remote um, mm -hmm. because the reason why 
a lot of the investors invested in me was to reinvest that money into the Phoenix ecosystem. So create an opportunity okay. for like people that actually live here and will pay taxes here and all that. That's so, awesome. Uh, I'm not outsourcing or anything like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what is the, aside from networking, you said a, a lot of the sales and, and stuff like that are happening on a networking perspective, like you meeting up with people personally and, and really connecting with people in the space. Aside from that, what is the second biggest driver of sales for you? Um, Second biggest driver would be just uh, the deal flow that we get through the accelerators. Um, so not only did we go through the global insurance accelerator, but we went through two plug and play accelerators as well, uh, Singapore and Silicon Valley. So um, part of plug and play is they have about uh, 90 odd different insurance companies from around the world. And then they connect them with startups that have solutions for their like problem sets. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a considerable amount of, uh, uh, deal flow through plug and play um, also conferences so we're all at every you know major industry conference um, it's just very yeah it's all inbound right now we haven't done any outbound marketing um, we will start that in q1 of next year but uh, so far i mean we have enough like coming in but eventually Good. obviously that dries dries out <laughs> that's awesome that's cool that's awesome though um, we'll shift, uh, shift gears here a little bit. So just talk a little bit more about the personal journey of really growing the company and, you know, how you cope with specific things and, and how you deal with, you know, whether it's like work life balance and stuff like that. So I've had a big range of age groups on the podcast, right? Anywhere from like your, like yourself, right? Like relatively young all the way up to like, uh, maybe like a 60 year old or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but mm-hmm. I get a lot of different answers with these ones specifically, just because it's obviously like very different stages in life. Right. So how do you deal with, you know, work-life balance? Is that something that you believe in? Is that something that you give yourself time with, or is it something, for example, for early stage founders, typically you'll find them really just grinding at whatever, you know, time of the day, uh, whether it's a Saturday, Sunday, whatever it may be, it's like pushing, you know, social activities away to, to finish the last thing that you're working on stuff like that. How do you kind of like make sure that you have time to enjoy yourself at the same time? Not saying that you don't enjoy, you know, doing the work. Right. No, I mean, uh, yeah. So I, uh, I will, yeah, no, like if I, if I, if I have a family thing or, you know, something planned with friends and the work can wait, um, it's nothing is that important unless there's like a security issue or there's something going down with the system. But um, I've always, you know, like kind of in, integrated, this company into my life more holistically so for example you know i'm always traveling everywhere um and i will spend uh i'll, I'll have like two meetings in like one country but then i'll spend like the whole weekend or like five days just going and exploring and you know just almost like a vacation but yeah um that's how i kind of balance it out so well people may look at me you know flying around for business which is what i'm doing i still take out you know, days out of my schedule to go and explore and enjoy like that, that environment. Um, and then on weekends, I mean, I don't really work. It's more for inspiration. So I do, I'm on my computer, but I'm not really doing like stuff regarding the company. It's more just like high level human interaction stuff. And like just things that are more soft skill based. Um, I will, that's like my inspiration time. It's always a weekend. So it's, and then that's like by going out with friends, going to like a music festival, whatever it is, like nothing to do with, you know, conversational AI chatbots, you know, 
and we just go back into the loop during the weekday. So that's how I balance it out. Cool. What is your number one hobby? Uh, hobby wise, I think it's like, I don't know if this is a hobby, but it's like traveling, you know, I'm yeah. literally on the go all the time. So, and it's not because of, fortunately now I have a reason because of what we do, but um, before that, I mean, I've always like traveled, you know, that's one of my bigger hobbies. Um, flying is another one that I'm trying to reignite as well. So getting my private uh, pilot's license. Nice. Um, just, yeah, when I have the time, but that's like one of my uh, passions, you know, underlying passions. Um, and then, I don't know, just generals. I mean, I always need, you know, different, different things going on. So I can't really uh, get into one thing so much. No, yeah, of course. How many countries have you been to? uh 31 no 30 wow. well 33 now that's awesome yeah favorite one i don't know i don't think i have a favorite one they're all unique in their own ways you know so uh but i do go to like zambia in africa every six yeah. months um I, I go to europe a lot as well um asia so I, I don't know i don't think i have a favorite they're all different in their own ways and i try to find the beauty in all of them so Awesome. I'm not, I don't want to narrow it down to one. Yeah, that's cool. What is something that you're not very good at? Uh, this is where the list started to come out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, doing things. I think I had a schedule. <laughs> okay. I need like a deadline, you know, <laughs> I'll even have our team make artificial deadlines because just, it's just my brain will then say, okay, it needs to be done by then. Yeah. Um, that's like the pr procrastinator. I think that is still within me. Uh, it was there during college, high school, and it's still here now. But yeah. um, I just need, yeah, that's like one, I can't, if I know I have time, I'm going to try to prioritize more important things beyond. Um, so I need like, I need specific deadlines. And then I will always get it done. But if it's just vague, like, oh, sometime when you're free, then I, I don't know, I probably won't do it. <laughs> If you had one, if you could do really just one thing, right? Like if you could literally have anything that you wanted to for insure me, whether it's something happened or literally I like get something, what would that be? Um, for the company it would be, uh, it's a lot of different things, but I'm trying to think like, I don't know. I think it would be more, this is a hard one because it can always use like more money to go faster, but that's mm -hmm. a little bit superficial. I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of things I would say like, you know, a, a couple of them would be more funding because then again, you can just do more and, and get to where you need to faster, mm -hmm. but, um, that as well as, um, making sure that I just continue to find the right people you know, cause I think that's integral to everything else. Totally. Um, how your company will end up and how successful it is, is all by the people. people. So just like I would ask the universe for continued luck on that. It but, is. I, I think it's one of the hardest things to, to, to do is, you know, finding yeah. the, the right team members that have the same vision that they want the same things and are all in with you also. Right. Exactly. So that, that's, I think the, the underlying one that I would, if I wanted to wish one thing, it would be that. Because then I, I can always figure out everything else after that. Yeah, with their, with their help. With the right people, yeah.
if you had one piece of advice to yourself when you first started, what would that be? Um, when I first started, uh, I think it would be a, just, I mean, I do this, but like, I would maybe reinforce it. Uh, like just stay true to your vision and, and just let the, the noise just drown out. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, even when I fundraise and all that, like you, you get a whole bunch of people that are like, no, it won't work because of this and that and whatever. And like, it yeah. just goes straight over my head now. Um, and I've just, if I would have known that from the beginning and just stayed focused on what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to do as a company, then, uh, you will just generally attract the right people. And it's kind of like a numbers game as well. So the more conviction you have, I think the more um, momentum you can build. Yeah, the venture. I agree. Is there any any specific, you know, SaaS company that you kind of look up to, they're doing things really, really well, and you kind of like want to not mimic, but you look at whatever they're doing to see how they're doing it? Um, yeah, I think uh, SaaS-wise, like there's a company here, another Coplex venture actually, Quick. Um, you know, they're... I do want to try to mimic their growth. They're a little bit different though. It's not like B2B SaaS, but um, them, there's WebPT here just across the street. Uh, they have a great company culture and led by a, a great CEO and um, Heidi, I think is a president, but um, just, yeah, there's, I mean, I look at different, different companies. I don't, I don't think I have like one that I'm going to follow yeah. into the darkness. You know, I think everybody has their own strengths. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, Last but not least, where can people find you online? Uh, primarily LinkedIn and like Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like, uh, yeah, LinkedIn is like my professional uh, connect connector, you know, so uh, cool. Sunny Patel on uh, LinkedIn and then Sunny Patel 94 on Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Those are the only two I use. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. So everybody follow him if you want to stay in touch or see his pictures. I'm guessing it's some sort of travel uh, pictures a lot of yeah there's a lot of yeah. if you see my story it's always just like and people laugh and like joke about it like it's always yeah. on a plane you know going somewhere cool but. awesome <laughs> and uh, last question do you have any questions for me Sonny uh no I mean I think uh we kind of covered covered everything what in your I would, I would ask you this like out of all of the uh you know founders and SaaS companies you interview what what do you think makes a good founder because you seem to talk to a lot of them yeah are they common traits or I common think, themes i think it's big common traits uh overall just having the right mindset is one of the biggest ones like knowing that you have what it takes to actually build you know the company but one thing i've started to notice a lot more of is that it comes down to not just that but the ability to actually build a team which is why i i, I I'm starting to ask a little bit more questions about team and, you know, how to build the right culture, uh, like remote. A lot of people think that remote is really good. A lot of people think that remote is not necessarily, uh, but you gave, I think the, the, what you mentioned is actually pretty interesting, which I hadn't heard before, uh, where it comes down a little bit more to the VCs, right? Where they want to move the, 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 the local economy, which is, I, I found that super interesting. Uh, so it's definitely nice to hear something like that because it's, most likely, you know, a local investor that, 
you know, mm-hmm. put that put that money in there, and they want to see good things for their for their local community, which is nice. Uh, but overall, I think it's just that mindset and really having what it takes to to you know create a good product. Obviously, create a good team. Most uh, you know above all. And also a lot of them just have a lot of mentors, right? They connect with a lot of people in the industry. They talk to whoever it is that they need to talk to, to, to really learn from somebody that's already done something, if not exactly the same, but something that's relatively similar. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. I would say those are, those are like three main things, um, which you got all of them, man. So good thing. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking for anyone that's watching, listening, uh, whatever you're doing, make sure you like, subscribe, rate it if you want. Um, But again, thanks again. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.